Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Force Center, the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet, the Y-Wing of our attack squadron. It is the big show. Uh, I'm Ken Napsok, like I said, with 
Joseph Scrimshaw, Jennifer Landa, the gang is together again. Yeah, I like being in a three-seater Y-Wing. <laughs> yeah, is that possible? Yeah. I think so. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's big enough. Yeah, Jennifer and I are both pretty small. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be your porkins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's my Valentine's card I'm going to send to people this year. Oh, my God. I don't know what it means, but it sounds <laughs> romantic. I don't know what's going on with it. Uh, Jennifer, how are you doing? I'm great. I am so happy to be with you guys again. Yeah. Reunited. It feels so good. You appear in any like Toys R Us commercials for Rogue One toys that we don't know about? Anything else going on there that, you want to share? That was it. That was it. <laughs> my, my moment. Uh, many more moments to come. Guys, we are going to have some fun today. Answer a lot of your fan questions. It's the return of Finish the Fan Fiction. And uh, a little fun main topic here that... Uh, it's, uh, it's important to the Star Wars universe, Joseph. We're going to dive right in and discuss bounty hunters. That's right. It's one of the evergreen topics. Every once in a while, we want to talk about just kind of like the big picture. And I think it's an interesting time to talk about bounty hunters. We've never really done it on Force Center. Yeah. And I think growing up in, uh, in the original era of Star Wars fandom uh, that we all kind of come from, bounty hunters mm-hmm. were the third class, right? You yeah. had the Rebels. You had the Empire, and then you had the Bounty Hunters. And yeah. they were mostly bad guys, but they were just in it for the money, and they didn't really care. Yeah. Like, they would do something if the Rebels paid them, but the Rebels are too good for to pay them. So, like, they fit into this very specific slot, and I think they lived there all the way through the Dark Ages of the 90s with all yes. of the books and the uh, expanded universe. And I think in our modern age of Star Wars, they're losing definition. Yes, they absolutely are. And yeah, you're right. It's a staple of any Star Wars show or podcast. Let's talk bounty hunters. And we're going to talk some of our favorites because this is our discussion of it. But even when we did it on Jedi Alliance, uh, we always asked, uh, like, would you be Jedi, Sith, or bounty hunter? It's an important place in the Star Wars yeah. universe. And Jennifer, this was brought up to me by our, our fan and uh, fellow Star Wars podcaster from the Imperial Podcasting Network, Patrick Barman, who tweeted in me a question on Spotlight Star Wars and said, hey, do you think there will be a bounty hunter in episode eight or nine? going forward and I answered no because I think they are losing their importance but Jennifer what do you think as we do our thesis statements of this discussion here <laughs> yeah, I about really, bounty hunters yeah it's interesting because as a kid growing up they had a real air of mystery about yeah. them and they were very I was afraid of them I oh. didn't know because they were really you didn't you couldn't trust them right because they could sure. they could turn on you that's they could what betray they taught you. Yeah. <laughs> so for me that was a huge part of it now mm-hmm. I don't know they don't really have that air of mystique hmm. but is it because we haven't been seeing as many stories with them yeah. I don't know yeah. um, but I would I would like to see them come back Absolutely, and, and there's a, a place for them. And there again, it's like in, in pro wrestling, or the, the the tweener is what they call Stone Stone Cold Steve Austin was the first one on a national level where he's not a good guy, he's not a bad guy, he's right in the middle, and he's cool. He's the antihero if you're talking about classic film. And the bounty hunters, to me, Joseph, kind of have that because Boba Fett, man, he was cool. Everyone yeah. wanted to be Boba Fett. You want to dress up as Boba Fett. But they're still kind of scoundrelly, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we all fell in love with them as fans. Yeah. They were important. Yeah. And there is this, uh, I think, a gray area in that early part of Star Wars where because most of the heroes we saw were human, most of the villains we saw were humans in the Empire, mm-hmm. that we did see some random aliens. And then finally yeah. in Jedi, we saw Akbar and Nine Numb. But, you know, there was some wiggle room of like any crazy alien is 
the bounty hunter. Right. And it was Star Wars Advanced, and uh, especially in the prequels, where we get to see all these different aliens who, from all walks of life, which is great. That's yeah. much better. But I think that also made them lose definition. Yeah. Because, mm. yeah. Especially if you were very young, you weren't really paying attention. It's like, well, anyone who isn't human might be a bounty hunter. Right. Like, some people in the canteen are probably just drunks or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the crazy aliens, the bounty hunters. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, the widening the universe has, has made them a little less defined. Mm-hmm. And I think even in the prequels, there was an effort to honor them by really having Django Fett front and center mm-hmm. yeah. and you, you saw one shot of Aura Singh and you yeah. met Zam Wessel and you saw her doing some actual bounty hunting going out on an assignment for money right uh, but yeah nothing in Force Awakens because you can assume that certain characters in Maz Kanata's yeah. castle are bounty hunters right but it doesn't it, I don't know it doesn't have that same resonance there wasn't the highlight on it that was now again in, in New Hope other than Han kind of mentioning things and credits and bounties on his head and everything it, it didn't really come to full focus until well the holiday special Jennifer your favorite <laughs> thing in the world yes. <laughs> when Boba Fett shows up but yeah. uh, Empire is the one that is explodes it onto the forefront right. there and it fit Vader needed the these guys found. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's going to go to the people he knows. Uh, in Clone Wars, bounty hunters in the animated series, all over that show. Yeah, and, and yeah, very nice. well defined. Like Cad Bane is very well defined. And a as great character. The new cool bounty hunter. Yeah. Um, but uh, even by, uh, by the time you leave Jabba's palace in Jedi, they're not needed in the story. Right. Um, Will they be needed in Force Awakens? Oh, well, they, well, they weren't, but going forward, uh, the Force Awakens trilogy, as, as we might want to not call it, um, eight and nine, <laughs> uh, we can start there. Uh, Jennifer, where, how, and could, could you place them in the story going forward? You know, and this is not an eight or nine, but immediately I was thinking a Netflix show about a bounty hunter would mm. be great. Yeah. That's what a lot of people want. 1313, the game we never got, right? right? That's what people want. I think that that would be a great way to introduce that storyline and seeing these this kind of anti-hero, whether it's mm. a woman or a man, yeah. and getting to explore that. In a, and it, I, think it would, I think it would be a great, mm. an eight or nine, I don't know. I really don't know if I could see that happening. Mm. You know, but I do think if we did see a bounty hunter, I think that people would go nuts. Mm-hmm. I, because bounty hunters are our fan favorites, yeah, right? Yeah. There's something about them where you're just like, oh, yes, cool. So, But I'd have to think about that a little bit more. Yeah, and I mean, I think, uh, I don't want to miss say the wrong thing about The Force Awakens. I think yeah. certainly plenty of those characters are explicitly on databank. Uh, on StarWars.com databank. Yeah. They're bounty hunters. Right. Razine right. Natel is a bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, right. So they're used that way, but I would love, yeah, like the same way in Empire, the way the finger is pointed and said, that's a bounty hunter. Right. And the bounty hunter is affecting the story in a major way. So like, it would be cool if Benicio Del Toro was a bounty hunter. Oh, I never thought about cool. that. Yeah. yeah. A very different specific look at it and this sort of... So Ezra Bridger is a bounty hunter now? Ezra, that's exactly. <laughs> so we all know yeah. Del Toro will be Ezra Bridger. <laughs> uh, whatever he is, yeah. But that's also actually, uh, joking aside, a, that would be a great fate for Ezra Bridger. Yeah. That, you know, something horrible happens to Kanan and he's like, I'm not even I'm I'm going to maybe use the force a little bit, but I'll just I'll armor up and I'll go work for money. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think there, there's that appeal for them that they have whatever their own personal agenda is and they're not caught up in the stakes of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. So I think in order to have them rise back to that prominence in, in episode eight or nine, there would have to be a character who has a huge effect on the plot mm-hmm. 
who is doing something just for money or personal gain and it says i there'll still be credits in the galaxy i don't care mm-hmm. if leia organa is ruling things again i don't right. care if snoke who is also ezra bridger yeah uh takes over the galaxy right as long as i get paid as long as i get paid yeah yeah so almost like an independent contractor and like maybe like bazine you know they happen to be in this situation where it's uh, like oh it presents itself this could be a great opportunity for me yeah i work for myself right. i don't work for anyone else is that yeah. what you're kind of yeah yeah absolutely i don't think the any of the movies will work this way but if there's a movie that's like motivated by a MacGuffin, something they're chasing mm-hmm. a holocron mm-hmm. and a bounty hunter comes along and just takes the holocron because it's worth money mm-hmm. yeah, i think that's that's the spot that they fit in to really highlight and, and i think it worked for the most part in attack of the clones where they were really affecting the plot and they were being paid to do things mm-hmm. and right. were a big part of the plot which is it, it's interesting because yeah you're right especially clones lucas put them right in because he knew that they were part of the universe there uh you know when you think about it he's probably oh, we need we need bad hunters yeah get, get bad hunters it's more there. mirroring of empire strikes back <laughs> yeah. where uh, the bounty hunters have a big effect so uh, jango's gonna have this big effect a ring well <laughs> we might be okay. um, yeah so yeah it could be and and, and uh, patrick barman uh, on, on my last uh, or one of the episode 61 of spotlight star wars uh, provided his answer was hey unkar plot needs to he wants to find the falcon he hides, hires a bounty hunter to chase down ray I get it, but I don't think it would factor into the main plot because Ray and the Falcon are off on yeah. an island with Luke. So Boba Fett Jr. is not going to show up. I'd be disappointed <laughs> if Boba Fett Jr. showed up and was like, hey, I want, I'm, I'm taking this. It yeah. wouldn't fit in. Um, do you worry? Do you guys worry that we'd be in a – is this matter that we're in a bounty hunterless universe going forward, 8 and 9? Would you want it? Do you need it? I don't want Episode 8 to mirror Empire Strikes Back to <sighs> – closely but mm-hmm. then things keep coming up where i'm like that would be cool if it did that mm-hmm. uh and yeah I, I think it would be cool if kylo ren it was yet another way to be like his granddad or like mm-hmm. well and also would illustrate the conflict between him and hux where he was like yeah. i'm gonna hire two or three thugs to take care of what your yeah. overly organized dumb buckethead stormtroopers can't i think i long for a little bit of that sense of mystery mm-hmm. and the unknown that the bounty hunters rep- represented. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would love th- a little bit of that feeling to come back. I think that's why I care of like how bounty hunters have yeah become less important. Mm. Mm. I don't think that I would miss it if they're not there. I think that we're going to get some question answers with the Knights of Ren, perhaps. So mm-hmm. there, that's going to be something going on. But would it paint a more complete picture to have them there? I think, yeah, it kind of fleshes out the Star mm-hmm. Wars world and every, you know these these people out for themselves. And I think that that would be uh, something rich to tap into. But I don't mm-hmm. know if I necessarily miss it if we don't see bounty hunters. I, I don't think I would because I wasn't fully aware. Like my subconsciously, it just, I didn't, you know, recognize that they weren't there. I just, it just... I was enjoying the movie and it was with some of these questions that are popping up of uh, bounty hunters in eight or nine. And it was like, Oh yeah, yeah. Dengar <laughs> wasn't there. <laughs> uh, okay. But I definitely think they're important because I, I, I love when they show up and, and some of our favorite bounty hunters we'll discuss here. Uh, you know, it, it is the Dengars of the world that makes you go like, Oh yeah. The, the universe is flushed with uh, these wonderful characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, flush, flushed out. And uh, uh, even in, in battlefront and, and they have more bounty hunters available to play 
Dengar, uh, uh, Greedo is a playable character. Greedo in the game before Chewbacca. <laughs> and Dengar. And Fett made sense. I get it. Yeah. Um, so they're clearly important. Yeah. But uh, maybe they can fit in other places. Yeah. A Boba Fett movie. I'm still not a fan of the idea. Um Obi-Wan in the desert, I got to imagine a bounty hunter would factor in it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Obi-Wan is not a fan of bounty hunters. That'd be great. Right. How would you guys feel if just Boba Fett himself straight up showed up in episode eight? (laughs) I think that's your answer. (laughs) I think our most concise discussion we've ever had on Fork Center. I don't feel like I need to know anymore. Uh, Yeah. Nah. Nope. Uh, and and uh, just too much o- homage, right? Too much going back to the well for how big a galaxy much. it is. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's close enough, and uh, the repeat of story points points that I'm okay with, uh, and more okay with now than I was even upon my first view in Force Awakens. Yeah, it would be, yeah. and even if it is, uh, you know, uh, Tiberius Fett. The yeah. son of Boba Fett <laughs> and the grandson of Jango Fett. Like I don't want Great Kylo Ren, son of Captain Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't want Kylo Ren to be turning to Fett and mm. being like, "Well, it worked for my grandfather." Like you yeah. said, mirroring the Vader went to reach out to these type of characters. Yeah, fine. But if it's so on the nose, it would lose. It would, there, yeah. it, there would be an impact on, yeah. on my enjoyment. Yeah, and I would question why. Why are they doing this? Is this because they know everyone? Oh, Fett, or is it because they're planting the seed that we're going to get that standalone Boba Fett movie? Yeah, it would take me right. out of the moment that I just would not. I just would not enjoy mm-hmm. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want Fett to come back, and I want him to get his story from Clone Wars finished. But mm-hmm. that could be in any media. That could be a book. That could be a comic book. That could right. be another animated series. But yeah, I don't need it in the movie. Right. But yeah, I think I want something that totally separates bounty hunters from smugglers, drunks, <laughs> yes. all of the mm-hmm. other sort of like uh, ne'er-do-wells of the Star Wars galaxy right. of I want some scary, weird, exotic, armored, intimidating characters to give me just a little of that feel that we first got in Empire Strikes Back. Here's a, an interesting pitch to you guys. Um, uh, it, it wouldn't make sense. I'm having some fun here. But what if after being tossed down the trash compactor, surviving and being removed from the First Order record books because they assume she's dead, Captain Phasma shows up as Brie Phasma, or whatever her name is. I don't know her canon name yet. Um, a little reworked armor, maybe expose her face, scar, something, and maybe she is maybe more of a vigilante than bounty hunter, but has started yeah. a new career and a new pursuit uh, for uh, Finn and uh, getting some revenge on FN217 or whatever the number is. Yeah. I'm going to lose that trivia contest with Whitworth if I don't get this <laughs> stuff down. That uh, would be awesome. You yeah, like that idea? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah, I'd be Fresh. fine. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and if we could actually see Gwendolyn Christie's face, that would be yeah. kind of nice because she's such a great I, actor. And I think you would because we know the character's going to be around. Uh, right. I think that by this point, I I liked what Gwendolyn said about she had no problem with the mask saying, oh, right. hey, who I am and who my gender underneath the thing shouldn't factor. It's just a, I'm a good soldier in my cost, my outfit. Um, but, yeah, this time around, you know, maybe like a earring head with a spike through it or something. Oh yeah. my gosh. You know? Yes. I'd be fine if That's that awesome. is... 
the kind of the B story of the rest of the trilogy, mm. just like Han was a central character, but his B story was, I got a problem with Jabba. Mm. If right. like the first third of episode nine is, oh, we got to rescue Finn yeah. from <laughs> Captain Phasma. <laughs> absolutely right. Yeah. Oh, just like Jabba good. and Han. You're absolutely right. Because the, the opening sequence of Jedi is almost its own movie. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. it's When my brother and I rented it, we rewound and just watched that yeah. like 87 times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's so, it is so in a weird way filler to yeah. explain why Harrison Ford hadn't signed his contract yet. <laughs> yeah. I got so offended by a friend. This was years ago. He was like, I hate, uh, I hate the beginning of Jedi. I'm like, what <gasps> the hell is your problem in life? How dare you, sir? And uh, my friend is a, a dramaturg. Mm-hmm. And so they had that very strong perspective of like, the story mm-hmm. is Luke's relationship with Vader and whether they defeat the Empire. And this is just like, yeah. But, it, but it, and I, yeah. I agree with that up to a point, but I disagree with that because it, it's, there's a B story running through the whole trilogy. And yeah. that's the resolution of the B story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it is, it is. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I've had those not as detailed and deep discussions that you have with that, uh, that friend. But yeah, I've had some people like, eh, it's like you're watching another movie. Well, it's two good movies in one. Yeah, all right, deal with for it. Us. Guys, what are some of your favorite bounty hunters? We've discussed many of them on the show. We know we like Dengar, yep. but uh, what are some of your favorites overall in the universe in the wide galaxy? And hey, I have some fun. Even if it's outside the bounds of canon, we'll accept it here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Do you have a starting point, Jennifer? Uh, I just am going with my first impressions, yeah. which was Forlom and Zuckus. Yeah. Oh, which nice. I was always very confused because they kind of looked similar. They had the insect mm-hmm. yeah. face. And then there was confusion with the names yep. as kids, right? Because it confused Kenner. Yeah. Yeah, they swapped the names on the action figures. So that was always... But I, the thing that I loved about the Bounty Hunters was I always wanted to know their backstories. Mm-hmm. Who were these these crazy characters? How mm-hmm. did this insect protocol droid get mm-hmm. involved with yeah you know this lifestyle turn to a life of crime yeah so that to me was always fascinating um yeah. i'll have to think about my favorite though i love thinking of those sort of lesser bounty hunters who answer the call that they're like so lucky to get this call of like <laughs> right. of course boba fett gets the call of, of course, course ig88 does dengar's owes somebody owes dengar a favor and like but we got gold too it, it almost like I, I like thinking of it like an audition <laughs> yeah for like that's how it looks i too. didn't think yeah. i'd get called right i knew they were gonna call chris pratt but why would they call me <laughs> i just made it it's like a chorus line <laughs> like, vader's like i'll give you a try i'll give yeah. you a try I'll, give right. uh, I'll go a little crazy with my bounty hunter pick uh-huh. i mean i think i think boba fett is the the bounty hunter. Yeah. But I'll go a little bit crazy with it and say I really like Django Fett. I think he everything about the way he's handled mm-hmm. in clones, I like. It's another example, and I'll let you have the floor there on that answer, Joseph, but it's another example to me of something I always kind of had less of a problem with with other people with the prequels. Yeah. Okay. We now have a Boba Fett origin story that may not have been to your liking as a fan. It was a little weird. He's an unaltered clone. Cool. But I I liked Django. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yeah, I think just in terms of the balance between uh, when you first see the Bounty Hunters, you're fascinated by the mystery of wondering who. So you want more, but you don't want too much more. And I love what Attack of the Clones showed us just that. He like I like that BS line he gives to Obi Wan. Uh, I'm paraphrasing about like I'm just a man trying to make his way in the galaxy. And, like <laughs> yeah. it's kind of BS, but it's also like probably just true. It's just like I just want to get some money. This is a really cushy job. You want my DNA because I'm so yeah. cool. All right, all right. I get uh, a free apartment. It, get a free apartment, and then it shows this weird vulnerability and this weird ego that yeah. I think is perfect for a bounty hunter. Like so full of himself. Like the perfect. I don't even want anybody else's DNA. Mm-hmm. I just want an exact copy of myself is both like huge amount of vanity mm-hmm. and a huge amount of vulnerability of like, what does a bounty hunter want? A son. Like, <laughs> so it's just these little tips into this character that right. make you be able to like wonder about him even more. Yeah. Mm. And then I, I just, I love all, I love Tamara Morrison's performance yeah. and uh, I love the fight with Obi-Wan. Oh, it's great. Yeah. And he takes out a Jedi and Coleman Trabor, he shoots down there in yeah. the Geonosian arena. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I totally agree with that. And his ending was somewhat anticlimactic, but eh, Mace is a powerful Jedi. Yeah, and you got to show that. Yeah, you got to show it. He could have got out of there, but nope. Yeah, Mace mm. is great. By the way, we watched the prequels recently on TNT. Mace was right from the beginning. Poor Mace. Mm-hmm. He was so <laughs> spot on right from the beginning. <laughs> no one listened. listened to him. <laughs> um, 
All right, Django. Anyone else on your list there? I know you've probably. Oh, got some Den- fun I mean, games. I do like Dengar. I, I, it was an intro. So, I, I grew so up Dengar. liking Dengar, and then everybody started hating him. And like at this yeah. point, I just got to defend the poor underdog at yeah. Dengar, uh, and hopefully he'll be popping back up in the old aftermath books. I believe so. I, yeah, I love I love the references of him and and uh, the uh, the voice of him now. Which yeah. uh, you know, some I, I the Battlefront when he showed up in Battlefront with his Cockney accent, it threw me off. And someone pointed out, like, no, he spoke in Clone Wars, and I believe it was Simon Pegg that did the voice. Yeah, I was I totally missed that part. Yeah, I'm such a bad fan, but yeah, I was. Oh. I never had that voice for Dengar growing up. I don't know what I had his voice as, but it wasn't. Ah, <laughs> you call me. No, <laughs> I think voice. real gravelly, right? Yeah, exactly. I will throw out a real quick uh, vote for Orsing too. Uh, Ooh, yeah. It's cool to see in Clone Wars just somebody who is not, there's no vulnerability, just cruel, vicious. Yes. Yeah. So I like that. I, uh, yeah, and the, the, that uh, appearance of Orsing and Phantom Menace just overlooking watching the pod race uh, sparked so much conversation at the yeah. time um, where the character had existed in the, in the expanded universe. George liked it, took it, took it, which I loved with George. You know, I like Quinlan Voss. Let's put Voss in the yeah. Sith as mm-hmm. a mention. Um, so there was, so, and then there's the talk of what well, she's going to factor in. And, you know, maybe, why couldn't Orsing have been the one instead of Zam Wessel? And I actually like Zam Wessel too, but like, you know, why couldn't that I, I was yeah. surprised it didn't happen. I think she was supposed to be. And I think that Lucas decided, well, the plot machinations means that she needs to die in an unimpressive way. And I like Orsing. That's my been, personal yeah. theory. Could have been. Mm. But I like Orsing a lot. How about you, though? Um, I, you know, I definitely went through a Boba Fett phase of my young life. I'm, I'm, I'm not as into Fett as I was then. Looks cool. I get it. I love the Mandalorian stuff. Um, I have the, the the place in my heart for Dengar. IG-88 is confusing to me, but I love in, in a way of like, I, there's a Battlestar Galactica looking robot there. Uh, a vicious vape pen now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, but I'm going to go outside the box. I definitely, totally on board with Cad Bang. Oh. I, I cannot say enough how much I just enjoyed that character when he first showed up. That wide-brimmed hat, kind of hokey, you know, like it was like, oh, he's an outlaw. What is this? But then uh, the voice, the Cad Bane voice and whatever, and just this badass bounty hunter, but kind of con- not working alone and kind yeah. of a leader made the bounty hunters even more of a faction yeah. and why they factored in so greatly to Clone Wars. Yes. Yeah, a faction. That's a great way yeah. to say it. They're a team, and they're a stable, because I'm going to talk about pro wrestling references all this episode. <laughs> they're a wrestling stable. Um, Cad Bane, I was going to mention R. Singh, um, also because it's just kind of the women I'm attracted to, odd-colored hair and... and uh, <laughs> Antennas in their heads. Antennas and, and surly dispositions. Um, and uh, one recent addition uh, from the, the Marvel comics, so I would love to know and hear more about, is Black Kersen. Ter- Ter- Black Kersantan. Oh, okay. Uh, which is the Wookiee. Oh, Santis yeah. is called. Uh, shows up in Vader 1, uh, tooling around with Boba Fett. And uh, it factors in uh, greatly. Uh, yeah, also known as Santi. Uh, the male Wookiee bounty hunter during the Galactic Civil War. Uh, regular for Jabba the Hutt. Hired by Vader to track down and capture an agent of the Emperor. Um, and I love the design on it. He's got a big giant scar that covers most of his head and, and, and goes over one of his eyes. And this big, taller than Chewbacca, um, imposing figure. And I just thought, that, uh, oh, bounty hunter Wookiee. What's cooler than that yeah that is great definitely like that character it's one of the newer ones um 
But yeah, the other classic ones. Yeah, 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 Empire, that scene, that's a great scene. So, you, you know, uh, Bosk even. Yeah, Bosk is it's hard amazing. Not to like Bosk. I, yeah, Bosk I feel is, bad for not mentioning yeah. Bosk, well, right? Yeah, he was quite a quite a sight. And that's when I was like, oh, these guys are serious. There is something that I did like, the fact that they were non-human. Mm-hmm. I like, well, with the exception of Dengar. But I, I liked Fett, that. Yeah, yeah Boba yeah, well, Fett. Mm-hmm. But you don't but you see, didn't we didn't know. see didn't his, know. Yeah, we didn't see you his face. Mystery, yeah. Mystery, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I do hope that, yeah, if we get some more bounty hunters that they they look like that like yeah. giant insects and it also means you know growing up too and, and getting into uh, my early 20s and dog the bounty hunter shows up in the world <laughs> I, was thinking I never have I never separated it from Star Wars <laughs> maybe my roommates would be like like Boba Fett <laughs> like I knew there was kind of a real job that that existed but like Oh, okay. Calls him Dog the Bounty Hunter. Sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like a Star Wars character. He does. I had the same thing. I'm just like that. Well, yeah, nice try, real world. But you're never <laughs> going to live up to yeah. Empire Strikes Back. You can mm-hmm. try all you want, but... Yeah. One of my friends is a, is a big Star Wars fan and a police officer, but he was go- he for a short time was without his job, and uh, we didn't know if he was going to get it back. And he's like, screw it. Uh, I think you and I are becoming real-life bounty hunters, but uh, we're going to actually dress like Star Wars bounty hunters. <laughs> That'll be our career. I was like, Okay. He's like, we'll go travel the world collecting bounties, but we'll be dressed in our own Star Wars characters. I'm like, oh, I think that would me. actually work if there was like, you know, just some poor schmuck down on his luck who hasn't, you know, paid his rent in a while, and you come marching up in your yeah. Boba Fett costume oh and knocking the door. He's like, what is this? Is it like some rent giveaway to episode eight? And they're like, no, uh, I need some credits. Some dollars, I love it. some bitcoins. I love it. Oh, I, I love watched it. Dog the Bounty Hunter for so, too long. Bounty Hunters are very important, but the big question is, is will they factor in what's their role going forward? We tried to answer, but I want you guys out there to join the conversation. We've dressed a little bit on Spotlight Star Wars, but now let's do it to the bigger global audience here in Force Center. Let us know your favorite Bounty Hunters. Include some pictures. Uh, go to our Facebook page and write out. Give us a pitch on a Bounty Hunter showing up in 8 or 9 or both. We want to hear. You guys have great ideas on how to how to make some of these things happen in the Star Wars saga. Uh, uh, let's do it. Let's we'll talk about it on a, on, a, on a future episode. That's right. Get all of our bounty hunters out there. So, uh, you want to go into some audience questions? Let's talk to the audience. We got a bunch of great audience questions, uh, ranging from the very deep, the very thoughtful, to the very absurd, which we like very much. Uh, so, the first one comes from Mike G at Goody nineteen sixty nine. That's a great. <laughs> Twitter handle, and he says, Thought, colon, if Leia had made it to Tatooine, would Obi-Wan have taken her to meet her brother? This is a great question. I don't know, like, why I sounded like Kirk at the moment. (laughs) Hey, great question. In all my years of following, talking, discussing Star Wars, being on shows, I gotta tell you guys, I've never really discussed this. Never even really heard it proposed. Mike Goody, nineteen sixty nine. That is a great, great it's question. Goody of a question. So it's he's a living up to his name. Uh, I don't even know where to begin, Joseph. Yeah. So, uh, well, I, I like the what if, just if Leia made it there, because mm-hmm. uh, I think we've talked about it a little bit of because it's more important now with Rogue One coming up of the Leia and Bale's exact intention of going mm-hmm. there to get Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. If they just mm-hmm. think this is so important uh, that we need a Jedi. Yeah. with us uh and then we've also talked a lot about obi-wan kenobi waiting until the will of the force drops luke into his lap at the mm-hmm. right time yeah so i feel like it puts interesting pressure on both those points more pressure on obi-wan mm-hmm. 
to be like, how do I interpret the will of the force? His right. sister made it all the way here. <laughs> Should I just say like, okay, I can go, uh, but you know, I don't have a land speeder. <laughs> you know who does? This guy is really good at bullseye and womp rats. Yeah. I want to believe that Obi-Wan would not have been able to resist. Because mm. I like the interpretation that Obi-Wan is anxious. Right. He's trying to be patient, but he's anxious to get this all going. Right. So I think, yes, he would have. He would have taken Leia. He would have found a way. I don't think he would have said, I'm going to introduce you to your brother. I think he would have found a way to involve Luke. Mm. And I would have hoped that explained it at one point when Luke was like, hey, she's kind of cute. Yeah. <laughs> Back off there. Yeah. He would have had some, like, yes, very great sort of equivocating statement yeah. about, like, beauty is not always as it appears. <laughs> or something really slippery like that. Uh, she <laughs> is, from a certain point of view. Uh, Jennifer, yeah. have you ever thought about this? No, and I love this because immediately I was like, can, guy, well, it's never going to happen, but I would love to see Obi-Wan train Leia. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then after she is trained, then they go get Luke. Mm. Oh, I just, I feel like I want to see it now. But unfortunately, yeah. this will never happen. Jennifer Landis fan fiction. It would be Leia my fan Obi-Wan, fiction. Yeah. Absolutely. But I think it would be so, so beautiful to, mm-hmm. just to see the two of them training together. Mm. But I do, yeah, he would not reveal that we're going no. to see her brother. It would be, it would be kind of a, wh- a while. Mm-hmm. I want to wait till the right moment. Yeah, it, it's interesting because, you know, if uh, if Leia had shown up yeah. and Vader they were to, Vader wasn't there or was able to escape or Jyn Erso did her job and kept Vader away <laughs> um, and then the blockade runner gets to Tatooine and she finds him in a hut um, relatively quickly, let's assume, for sake of the story. We got a ship. We got to go. You need to do this. They have a Jedi or a Sith or someone with a red lightsaber. We need your blue one and you um, would, number one, Obi-Wan wouldn't have necessarily been there to save, uh, you know, Luke from the Sand People. Mm-hmm. And number one, uh, 3PO and R2 wouldn't have been there. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. we've we got all these alternate timelines and stories. So yeah. right away, would Obi-Wan, he knows Luke's there, so he's waiting. So is, is he going to say... Stop! I gotta go pick up someone. And would Leia have understood? And then that's where you know, would he then just go? Look, it's your brother. Yeah, you gotta go get mm-hmm. your brother. Yeah, I think here's here's my thought. I think he doesn't have to explain to Leia what the force is. She already knows mm-hmm. because she is a part of the larger galaxy, not yep. just a farm kid like Luke. Yep. I think he does try to give her the lightsaber because I think he's open enough to like, oh, the force wants Leia to be mm-hmm. the new hope. Right, so I right. think he gives her the lightsaber. I think he gives her the spiel. Right. But I think he tells her the same thing of like, I'm getting too old for this. And I have a, I have a friend who's a very talented pilot. Yeah. And I think we should pick him up. And he wants to be part of the rebellion. Yeah. And I think he makes his, his scary noise that scares the Tuscan Raiders yeah. to scare away uh, Owen and Brew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then he pops up. <laughs> the, the, the crack dragon call of scare yeah. away. Or he goes and he ugly. breaks a moisture evaporator because he yeah. knows they'll send Luke out to fix it. Yes. And he yeah. basically just kidnaps Luke. Scoops him up. Yeah. Scoops oh. up Luke. Old, old Ben Kenobi, where are we going? Why are we on a big <laughs> ship? Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I think... Uh, it's it's definitely a the big fun what if yeah because that was the point is she was heading down mm. yeah she was not it was not the the message she recorded for Obi Wan was because she knew she wasn't going to get there so right. uh, yeah it would have uh, Star Wars would not have been Star Wars but it's fun to ask this what if but again yeah I think Obi Wan would have done 
what was right and what was right was to probably grab he needed that was his mission right? yeah grab luke yeah yeah that's Take right great yeah. question mike Protect. great question next up is from jake howard uh on facebook and he asks how would you guys like lost stars or any other canon book adapted animated tv film fan cast for bonus points uh P.S. Love all the shows. May the force be with you. Thank you, Jake. Thanks, Jake, for Thank the you. P.S. Love. Uh, so that's a really interesting idea because that's a big thing that it happens with comic books right now. Instead of trying to get ongoing uh, television shows, take famous comic books, uh, particularly DC has great luck with right. this, and adapt them as the like, one-shot <laughs> yeah. uh, animated series. Uh, so would you guys like to see something like that with the books? I totally get your point. Uh, you know, again, hey, this new Marvel movie's coming up. Well, they're drawing from this run of comics. They're drawing yeah. from this. Mm-hmm. Um, a little different because Star Wars was original from the point of view, uh, from from the start, I should say. Yeah. Uh, from the, the point of launch is what I was trying to say. Um, so, yeah, no, I actually wouldn't want it. Um, I, as a... Uh, teenager in 1992 was like I can't wait for Jack Nicholson to play Thrawn uh, <laughs> when they make uh, as 7, 8, and 9 uh, out of the Timothy Zahn books but I, you know that would have been disappointing so yeah I, I don't need it Lost Stars would be great yeah. it would be a great Netflix series I'd rather mm-hmm. they take some of the old trilogy uh, the old Republic stuff I should say and uh, make those into Netflix series but okay. then not directly adapt Carpetian's books but just put the characters in a new setting and retell the story yeah Mm. Mm. what are your thoughts Jennifer I kind of like how they are cherry picking a little bit and not directly remaking something because then it would get into like the CW you know where we're going to have all these Star Wars shows from these random (laughs) things do we really want that Uh, I don't know if I do I don't don't think I I do yeah so right I think in general we we usually come down this podcast that we are super hungry for Star Wars and want all the Star Wars but we want it to be balanced right Right. so it's not yeah Yeah. I think Lost Stars is the only one that really pulls out at me because we don't spend a ton of time with any of our sort of main characters that mm-hmm. it would be f- that they, you can look at that as just like this uh, beautiful little closed story that's kind of a love letter to Star Wars right mm. uh, and I, there I would love to just see that as a standalone animated series that's not trying to not right. animated series but animated special just like mm. a movie a yeah. two and a half hour movie telling oh. the story of Lost Stars it just pops up on Netflix or and I could be on DVD because some of the other canon books it gets messy because it's too much continuity but mm-hmm. yeah yeah well and I would, the Lost Stars one makes the most sense because it's such a kind of standalone story um, you, you could you could tell the sprawling story in a, in a, in a one shot movie I'd be okay with that um, but uh, again like I, I was thinking well, well you know I really like the Kanan comic and, and they go uh, start with him very young after Order 66 like maybe that could be a show could be even live action it could be animated but then I'm like no but they they've the way the way they're building this is that story's been told. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you had to get that story from the comics. Right. So they're not going to remake it for a TV or movie for a bigger audience. They just, I don't think they feel they need to. Again, it's, it started from one man's crazy mind, crazy <laughs> genius mind. And so it isn't uh, 40, 50, 60 years of comics that they need to service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a, it's, it's a good question, but yeah, it's a different animal. Right. Yeah. It's a really interesting idea to specifically adapt the the books mm-hmm. you know and yeah. bloodline is also like a good contained story so maybe i'd like to see that but yeah i think just for me aesthetically it's only if it can be separated out mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. the rest of things like the, the tarkin book i thought was okay i wouldn't mind seeing a little one-shot tarkin movie mm-hmm. but 
I don't need it either. Right. Uh, all right. Any other thoughts before we go to on to no, our next no. question? Uh, our next one is a little bit more philosophical uh, mm-hmm. from Justin Walker on Facebook. If only the Seth, if only the Sith deal in absolutes, as Obi Wan Kenobi said, then Yoda, Qui Gon, and the rest of the Jedi Order have some serious identity problems. Now, mm-hmm. Justin, I really like that you made a compelling statement. That is a statement, and then you ended it with a question mark, so it's still open for us to discuss. Uh, but yeah, that, that's one of those lines that's always been fascinating because yeah. only Sith deals in absolutes. That statement is, of course, in absolute yes. in itself. Right. Yeah. So already Obi-Wan is kind of stepping in it. Yeah. Uh, and I've always wondered if that was a, a mistake or if that was even a choice on George's part where, mm. like, Obi-Wan is not even thinking clearly himself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if only we can get into George's mind and some of those things to put out in the prequels <laughs> that maybe change your thoughts on some of the other story. Uh, um, I It sounds great. Only Sith deal in absolutes because Anakin is a, looking at the world in black and white. But yeah, the Jedi's clearly, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great statement question uh, yeah. because <laughs> they're pretty, pretty absolute when it comes to don't love anybody. Mm. No gray area there. Yeah, you can love them, but you can't be attached. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They certainly have a lot of dogma of, like, this is the way it is. It is not done any other way. And one of those absolute dogmas is that you shouldn't have absolute dogma. (laughs) 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 Probably just, uh, uh, Justin's. you're probably finding a big, and it's one of the, the staples and why we love Star Wars. One of the big Star Wars plot holes. There's those little things where you're like, well, if you think about it too much, uh, George was sending it one way and then he turned it, went this way. Uh, But yeah, it's a good question. But I, but, but then again, he says, uh, you know, Yoda, Yoda, Qui-Gon and the rest of the Jedi have some serious identity problems. I don't know. I think Qui-Gon was someone who probably very much lived in that, like, yeah, I had a girlfriend once, you know, like, (laughs) uh, you know, uh, Shmi and I, we hung out a little bit. Her name was absolute, actually. It was kind of ironic. Yeah. yeah. Um, You know, those kind of Jedis, Jennifer, are the ones who kind of do live in the gray areas. And those are the Jedis we like. Right. And I also, I think of like the religious aspect um, and the undertone of the Jedi and what they represent. And, and, you know, if you're religious, well, you believe what we believe is right. And those those people that practice that are wrong. So I can see why there is a little bit of contradiction there. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know how, if George is trying to comment mm-hmm. on that or if it was, you know. Could be, because there's a lot of talk, especially in Sith, of, uh, hey, what if we're on the wrong side? And that's more about the Republic versus Separatists. But, you know, hey, the Jedi Order is falling apart. They're, they're clouded. But, yeah, I mean, Palpatine's whole speech is like, hey, the Jedi are going to talk to you about doing it one way. But eh, there's some other areas, and you can kind of do the dance back and forth. Yeah, we're right. really, we're the open-minded yeah. ones, really. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here at a ballet. What's more open-minded <laughs> yeah. than going to a ballet? Come on. Got some art, some culture. Yeah, we just we'll, we'll yeah. lightly discuss the possibility of preventing death. Yeah, Whatever. I may or may not know that my master brought you into life. You know, yeah. with some uh, midi-chlorian uh, magic. Yeah. It may or may not have happened. Whatever, that's fine. <sighs> I killed yeah. him. I like the moment in the movie because it seems like Obi-Wan doesn't want to believe that Anakin has fallen. He's convinced yeah. somewhat by watching uh, the video of Anakin killing younglings. 
And in that conversation, it seems like he needed structurally just a like, yeah, there's the proof. I, I just, I needed to see some proof. Right. So I think it was probably a mistake on George's part where he did not realize that that statement in itself was an absolute. Right. I think he certainly means the uh, more, the larger philosophical perspective that the Jedi are full of dogma and yet judgmental of the Sith's dogma. Mm-hmm. But I, so I like interpreting it as it's actually Obi-Wan's mistake in the moment where yeah. he is looking, he knows that he must try to take Anakin out. Yeah. Mm. And he is looking for a behavior on Anakin's part that absolutely mm-hmm. confirms it to him. Yeah. And in his moment of desperation, he says this thing that is a logical fallacy that doesn't, sure. doesn't work. Yeah. He proves it to himself. It's like, I just need a reason to take off my robe and go to town because I know I have to. I'm looking for something. <laughs> right. And, and I misspoke a little bit. And maybe yeah. that explains why Obi-Wan is so loose with everything yeah. else he ever says. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Because, no you know, absolutes. Mm. No absolutes until Duchess 18 shows up with her nice robes. Right, Obi-Wan? Yeah. <laughs> right. I feel like this was a Star Wars counseling episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little this bit. was really helpful. Yeah. I like that. Preview of other episodes of Jedi Counseling. <laughs> Justin, great question there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next question uh, comes from Nick Widener. Widener, I apologize. Uh, our, our audience questions are also an excuse for us to mangle our fans' names, and we apologize for that every episode. Widener. But, I'm going with Widener. You're going Widener? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nick Widener on Weidner? Facebook or Facebook. Is that how you pronounce that? <laughs> yeah. Social media? Facebook? Facebook. Yes. Yeah, that seems appropriate. Uh, he asked us a very, very fun question. If you could name an alcoholic drink and put it into canon, mm-hmm. what would you name it? Cheers. Mm-hmm. Cheers to you as well, Nick. That's an awesome question. I love this question because yeah. I want to make a video and I'm going to write this down. I have my pen ready. <laughs> no so pen is out. Come, so we can come up with some ideas, guys. All right, okay. so let's hear it. Okay. Oh, okay. You're gonna make, and you're going to make these I cocktails? I want to make it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I think I, uh, okay. I'm going to submit first the Rum Core Monster. Oh my! That is genius. And Malakili drinks it and cries. Yes, I want to drink it with my shirt off and a towel on my head while I cry. Rum core monster. That sounds the rum core keeper. All right, wow, that's good. Wow. See if now we're yeah puns. This is awesome. Yeah, I gave this too much thought. Oh, too much of my time. I came up with several. I'm sorry, I'm a monster. Great, but. The first one I thought of, I really like, in it, but it's maybe a little too cheeky to actually go in, into okay. canon, and that is just a drink called the Severed Limb. <laughs> I mean, characters in Star Wars must observe that, wow, <laughs> yeah. we lose a lot of hands. Yeah. Like, maybe it, was, it decreased a little bit while the Jedi weren't around as much, but when Jedi are active... Hands are a flying. <laughs> I have the t-shirt to prove it. Yeah, so it seemed to me like, well, what's a drink that like captures something that they're aware yeah. of? But it's a little too self-aware, maybe. Yeah. Uh, this is also too cheesy, but I also like the idea of a drink called the Hilt. So uh-huh. it'd be like, you know, the the glass is the hilt of the lightsaber, and then whatever is coming out of it, the uh, the energy, the power. That's yeah, good. That's just real gross. Uh so, yeah, I uh, I want to get to your more here, Joseph. But I I just thought of one here, it, oh, it, and it could I think it could work in canon. Okay. This could be in the Han Solo comic, which is uh, going pretty good. Three issues in here, I think you have a drink called the Kessel Run, oh. and it is inspired oh. by the race, and it's the type of thing where your your friends are at the cantina, and you're like, hey, uh, we're here, we're here, we'd like a Kessel Run, and he's got to pour. There's three of you, you each get a three like 
collection of drinks and you have to finish it in 12 parsecs (laughs) whatever time that is so it's like a drinking game the Kessel absolutely oh man you guys are so good yeah the Kessel that's great I think that's a that makes sense in Canon. In, in can. universe, I can in the see story. Chuck Wendig writing that in an, a, a, <laughs> oh, an interlude for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, the thing I never want in there is hot chocolate, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> uh, and then this is the one of utter vanity. I was trying to think of okay, like really truly realistically, uh-huh. if Lucasfilm came to me and said you can put in whatever you want, like mm-hmm. okay, well, like I want to put in my own name for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah. So you know, if, if our if our friend Harloff can have a, a planet, <laughs> yeah, why can't one of us have a drink? I agree with that. Uh, and then I was thinking, what uh, what do I like when there are those details mm-hmm. of like food and drink or the mundane? I like it when it sounds like something with a history and a story behind it, but you don't know what it is. Because mm-hmm. that to me is so Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, you just hear about the Clone Wars, you don't know what those are, and then right. So I would want a drink called Scrimshaw's Mistake. <laughs> Scrimshaw sounds like it could maybe, much like Knapsack, sounds yeah. like it could be an ambiguous Star Wars <laughs> yeah. name. Yeah. But you, like you just, yeah, Han Solo just walks up and orders a Scrimshaw's mistake, and you're like, who's Scrimshaw? What mistake did he make? Why is that a drink? Right. Is it a mistake to drink it? Who kn- <laughs> but you never get that information. It just goes on, and you get to imagine, and you get to do yeah. a podcast about it. Yeah, Aww. absolutely. It's kind of like uh, it's like the alcoholic Star Wars version of the Battle of Tanab. Yeah, exactly. Like, what maneuver did you pull there? <laughs> oh, yeah, that, another great drink, Lando's Maneuver. Lando's oh. Maneuver. <laughs> Lando's Maneuver. Um, you know, I, 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 you could have... Uh, now I'm just throwing names out there, but uh, you know, uh, I think you you should have an imperial dignitary, which is <laughs> just a high, like a Manhattan. Oh, it's yeah. some kind of fancy yeah, in a big classic. purple hat. Yeah, a oh big purple gosh. comical <laughs> comical hat, like a comical novelty souvenir cup, like yeah. you get in Vegas. Right. Uh, can I get an imperial dignitary? Yes, you can. <laughs> I love that. Oh, mine are so traditional. Of course, yeah. the the Wookie teeny. Of course, yeah, which, oh, yeah, which you yeah. have. That's, Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. favorite. Uh, Maz is my tie. I like that. Oh, nice. I had Absolutely. delicious ones in Hawaii, let me <laughs> oh, tell you. I bet. So I'm sure Maz would be able to make a great one. You can sing the Jedi uh, <laughs> reggae song there. <laughs> um, and then the last one would be Dagobah Punch. Oh, wow. Like, you know, like those a little foggy, kinda, yeah, yeah. A little foggy drink, a little fog coming off mm-hmm. of it there. Mm-hmm. Little mm-hmm. creatures in it. Yeah. I like, bet the bartender hates when someone orders the Dagobah Punch. Like, ah, it's like when you order yeah. a mojito and they have to crush the mincer. Totally. It's like, a, it's just a yeah. fish bowl with a you know, big <laughs> straw, some muddled mint, and then a lot yeah. of alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like that. I like that. I think we, I think we, uh, got a, got a, we got to get some drinking ahead of us. Yeah. Jennifer, if there was one that was more like based on you or your name, or you could insert yourself, what mm-hmm. would, would you would do a Landa drink? Would you do a, a Jennifer, a Jen? Is there a nickname? Well, Landa Calrissian. That's my nickname. <laughs> uh, as it should be. As, yeah, I. You know, I love I love the craft cocktails. Oh, okay. So it would have uh-huh. to be something with like you know thyme, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit of yeah. lavender liqueur, something like that. Right. Uh, but I don't know where that would fit. With my name. Okay. It would fit on Coruscant is what it would fit. It would be Absolutely. a dignified drink. Yeah. yeah. And you like do it yourself, so it could be called a, a Landa yourself. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> that sounds a little weird. It does sound a little weird. It's good. It's good. I like it. 
<laughs> well, that was a great question, Nick. You I love that question. Inspired some yeah. new potential cannon. That's oh right. And uh, I think, yeah, some drinking for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jennifer, Absolutely. you're unstoppable. You're going to make some of these, aren't you? I totally want to. The severed limb is awesome for like Halloween. Rumcore oh, yeah. monster. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah, a oh lot of great gosh. options. Kessel Run. Love it. And I do want to see the Dagobah Punch. <laughs> the big old muddy Dagobah Punch. Uh, so that's it for our audience questions. So we're going to move on to finishing some fan fiction. We are. We are. Uh, you know, uh, the last... Uh, did we have a winner? I didn't dig up a winner. Yeah, we did. Uh, we, we, we did, did a winner a, a while back. And but we didn't we do a new one. We right? haven't done a new that's one. Right. Yeah. Our recording schedule sometimes uh, keeps us from doing this on a regular basis, but it's one of our favorite things we do on the show here. If you're uh, one of uh, our newer listeners, we have something called Finish the Fan Fiction, and one of us on the panel here has a Star Wars story, and it starts, and the other two or whoever else is on the mic has to finish the story just... In the moment. It's a Star Wars improv game. All right, so this week, I have the homework assignment, and I got the story. All right, bear with me. A barrage of laser blasts echoed through the hallways. Fierce and ferocious was the firefight between the hardened Imperials and the ragamuffin rebels. Smoke, debris, and sparks were flying all around, landing on his cape. Yet the Dark Lord of the Sith paid no attention to those pedestrian distractions. Darth Vader was on a mission. A small band of rebels that once terrorized the compliant planet of Lothal were growing in power and brazenness, and now they were attempting to join up with a bigger cell of dissenters. Vader was here to stop them. He moved through the small frigate's hallways, cutting down so-called freedom fighters like they were the battle droids from his past life. Then he turned into a small chamber. The smoke was heavy. He heard a familiar voice, a tone that not even the Emperor and his dark wizardry could erase. Oh my, said the Golden Protocol droid. Darth Vader and C-3PO were face to face at last. Vader lowered his red blade and said... Why didn't you do a better job keeping my mother company? I built you specifically to hang out with me and my mother. You were supposed to keep her company. You were a protocol droid. You knew the proper etiquette of keeping people company. And clearly, you were not a very good friend. Do you have anything to say for yourself? And uh, in 3PO babbles on and on and on and uh vader does the uh the gesture where you uh, put your thumb in the rest of your fingers and then pops it out <laughs> and he does that as a force gesture and pops through your head off <laughs> oh. brutal brutal he can put it back together if he wants absolutely all right jennifer uh, i'll read the end yeah. of the prompt here yeah Tone that not even the Emperor and his dark wizardry could erase. Oh my, said the Golden Protocol droid. Darth Vader and C-3PO were face to face at last. Vader lowered his red blade and said, It is you. He slowly moved towards the Protocol droid, his arm lifting, quivering. Suddenly, he reached out, and embraced him and said, It's good to see you. <laughs> Fade to black. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> uh, I 
love it. Beautiful. I actually really like I like that much better that uh, there's a part of Star Wars canon where Vader just hangs out with 3PO for a while, yeah. wipes his memory again, and sends him on his way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he just gets some quality time with 3PO, yeah. and then it's over. Uh, so we will post that on our Facebook page, and you will have a, a chance to finish it, and we will crown a winner in our Finish the Fan Fiction Contest. What do you win? The chance for us to not know how to say your name <laughs> on the air. But that is what we'll do. Uh, and uh, thank you, as always, guys, for uh, joining uh, us here uh, listening. And Joseph, Jennifer, we're wrapping up here. Any final words uh, in the Star Wars galaxy? Yeah, absolutely. I want there to be bounty hunters. I think that they need at least we need at least one well-defined bounty hunter to save our imagination, imagining horrible people so that when the whole world hears the word bounty hunters, they think of Star Wars before dog. <laughs> Love it. I would like to say that I don't need a Boba Fett movie, but I do need a Bounty Hunter series on Netflix. Absolutely. I just need it. I like that, and I want a sitcom with Dengar in the <laughs> As always, uh, we want to ask you guys to take a moment of your day to follow us on Twitter. We put a call out last episode, and you guys did such a great job uh, helping us by uh, uh, increasing our profile on the Twit machine, so you can follow us <laughs> at Force Center Pod. As always, continue to help us with those ratings and reviews on iTunes. Find us there. We're on Podomatic and Stitcher as well. Uh, you can follow Joseph Scrimshaw at Joseph Scrimshaw. Any other conventions, Joseph, coming up? What's going on? What's out there? Uh, every month at Nerd Melt here in beautiful, strange Los Angeles, I do a show called Headcanon with my friend Hal Lublin, which is a comedy game show about pop culture, so you can always find info about that on my website, josephscrimshaw.com, and you can listen to my podcast, Obsessed. Absolutely, and at Jennifer Landa on Twitter and YouTube, where you do wonderful, fun videos in the Star Wars universe. Thank you, and I will be making one of these cocktails that we talked about, <laughs> I think. I think they'll be fun. You can also find me on Twitter, at Jennifer Landa, and Instagram, Jennifer Landa. That is uh, where you can find Landa Carisi, and you can find me at Gnapsock <laughs> across all social media platforms. Follow us on Twitter, like I said, at Force Center Pod. Until next time, guys, barkeep, give me a rumcore monster. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.